Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Morning After Spoiler Podcast, now with episode two of Moon Knight. It just aired, and I just finished watching it, so decided to, you know, do this episode a little early. Uh, it is the morning after, so depending on where you are, technically it's the morning after, because it came out at midnight if you're on the West Coast, and 3 a.m. if you're on the East Coast like I am. So, yes, I stayed up and I watched it, but wanted to talk about this episode, and uh, it was an interesting one. It was good. Um, but it does uh, definitely feel like there's more setup um, going on right now, and we haven't really got into the meat and potatoes of the series as of yet. But if you're new, I am Renee. I am your host here at the Low Key Geek Channel, uh, the morning after podcast, the morning after spoiler podcast, I should say, uh, is the podcast where we break down and we review the latest and greatest huge episode of a show that is popular amongst everyone in the fandom right now. And right now, that's Moon Knight, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, it's uh, airing on Disney Plus right here. And like I said, episode two just dropped. So uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for coming along. Uh, for those of you returning, uh, really, really appreciate it. Um, always great to have conversations with all of you about these shows and break down episode and episode and, you know, just get a sense of what everyone is feeling out there. Uh, I did run a poll um, last week asking what people thought about the latest episode or the debut episode of Moon Knight. And it looks like overall everyone was pretty much pleased um, looking at the results of the poll right now. Um, and again, you can see these polls that I post on YouTube um, when you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, just Loki Geek. Uh, if you are new, as always, you know, the usual YouTube spiel, hit that like button, subscribe. And then if you want an audio format of this episode and other episodes that I do on the channel, you could find it on your podcast platform of choice. So um, according to the poll that I ran, um, basically like 80% of you, you know, the viewers of you right now uh, thought the episode was great last week. The debut was great. Um, 3% kind of didn't like it at all. 10% uh, haven't seen it as of the time of that posting, which was like Thursday morning, I believe, or Wednesday. Um, surprisingly, 3% said you had no interest in watching another Marvel show. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And that's basically out of 60 votes there. So uh, always uh, appreciate the participation um, from all of you guys. I'll make sure to post the results on the video so that you could see the breakdown there. But you could check it out on the channel as well. So uh, I am very curious as to what a lot of you will think about episode two. Because like I said, it's definitely still a lot of setup. There's a lot of setup still going on, but at least we get a little bit more clarity about what Steven is going through, you know, who's this, you know, Mark Spector, um, and who are all the Egyptian gods that are hovering around and, 
you know, kind of tormenting poor Steven, right? Um, overall, I, I did like it. Um, again, I think there were certain moments where I felt it was kind of slow. Um, but definitely, you know, it, it gave more of the story and a little bit a little bit of the background as to um, the Moon Knight character and, and the dynamic between Steven and Mark. Uh, we get introduced to some other uh, supporting characters in this episode uh, to kind of shed more light as to what has been happening behind the scenes or at least behind uh, poor Steven because he has no idea about a lot of stuff that's happening. But he's starting to slowly come to realization as to what might be happening, but not so quite. What I did like about this episode is that we did get to see a little bit more of Moon Knight himself. And we got to see a little bit of what he's capable of. Not a lot, but we get a good sense of what he's really capable of there and all that. Now, I'm dying to hear what you guys think about this. So, again, let me know in the comments. But if you remember the old movie Darkman, for some reason, this series, and especially this episode in particular, gave me a lot of Darkman uh, vibes. Uh, it felt kind of Sam Raimi-like, kind of like, you know campy 90s type of action horror supernatural horror whatever you want to call it um if you don't know what dark man was uh it's this kind of um it's a series that ran like in the 90s it's like an action slash horror type of adventure uh movie series lee neeson plays uh the the main character there dark man and it's this guy who, you know, he goes through, he has like voices in his head and, you know, he kind of runs around and he wears a bandage around his face because his face is really badly mangled. And, you know, he does have kind of like a trench coat and a, and a hat. So I guess, you know, that's kind of where I'm getting some of the vibes in. And like a lot of the, the scenes, especially some of the action scenes, reminded me a lot of Dark Man. So I'm really curious as to what you guys think about that. You uh, And let me know in the comments if you're getting some similar vibes there, because that's what I'm getting. But yeah, like, you know, it, it's... Now, I'm not like these other people on YouTube and other reviewers. They were fortunate enough, because they have their hookups with Disney and everything that they were able to get the first four episodes of the series. So they already have seen four episodes. They're four episodes in already. And, and I'm not. I'm watching the series like the rest of you and reacting to it as the episodes drop. So I kind of get an idea now as to why Disney decided to give these people four episodes up front. Because I have a strong feeling that these four episodes are really mainly act one act two but all developing the background the story laying things out there's going to be a lot of setup going on and i feel like unlike what they've done with previous shows uh, with previous series by episode two ish three we already get all right this is what's happening this is the backstory about it now we're going to get into the heart of it now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes and usually like around you know, the fifth episode or end of fourth episode, then there's like a huge reveal that kind of gives that little twist in the Marvel shows that leads into the final act, right? Uh, the resolution or the conclusion of what the events are going to take place, right? So uh, knowing that this is going to be, I believe, six episodes long, it's really, really interesting that they have four episodes that could potentially be all set up. 
Um, that for me sounds like a lot of episodes to kind of deal with all that. And this episode in particular was like 52 minutes. And last week's it was like 40 and change, like maybe 48 minutes or so. Um, so these episodes seem to be pretty long. Um, now, we don't know if episode three or four are going to be the same length. Maybe it is. Uh, so we're definitely going to get, we're getting a lot of show. It's just the story seems to be kind of slowly paced right now and uh, I'm sure um, some of the more diehard Moon Knight fans might be a little bit impatient with what's going on um, I have heard and seen um, online that a lot of the diehard Moon Knight fans have not been it's kind, kind of split 50-50 um, with um, the portrayal of Moon Knight so far in the show but again that was just episode one so I'm definitely definitely curious to see what's going to happen and what the reaction is going to be with this episode too um, so for those of you who've watched it hopefully you've watched it or you know but we didn't get into spoilers yet uh, I will be in just a minute, but I'm dying to know, like, what did you all think about episode two? Um, did you think it was slow like I did? Because um, I definitely felt like it was kind of slower paced, uh, despite the fact that we were given a little bit more background story and uh, a lot of setup of what is to come, uh, hopefully revealed in the next several episodes. So, yeah, definitely let me know in the comments. But hey, guys and gals looking for the latest and greatest in collectibles and pop culture merchandise? Well, have I got the perfect destination? for all of you. For example, are you a huge fan of Funko Pops? Well, get the latest Moon Knight Funko Pop before everyone else. It's available for pre-order now on Entertainment Earth. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, collectibles, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between. They drop new products daily and curate their selection so you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics, they've got surprises for everyone. Get access to exclusive releases releases and limited run pre-orders. You can even reserve hard to find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Entertainment Earth has been making pop culture fans happy for 25 years now and have no signs of slowing down. What's great is that for US shoppers, they're currently offering free shipping for any orders placed above $49. Wait, hold the phone. Springtime is here and they're running a special spring promotion. Now you can get free shipping for orders over $39. Just use the special code you see on the screen or in the description below. It's not in the US? Don't worry. Entertainment Earth ships globally. Visit the special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this offer and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool. Entertainment Earth. So many toys. So much fun. With that being said, let us dive into some of the spoiler territory. You've been warned. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Okay, let's go. So, um, the episode definitely does pick up immediately after how episode one ended. You know, um, Stephen had this encounter with this uh, Egyptian-like dog. Um, and, you know, he had his first full conversation with Mark through the mirror. And allowing Mark to take over so that they can manage, he can handle the dog there, right? So, Stephen wakes up in a in a panic in bed, um, you know, not realizing the full extent of what happened, but he knows something for a fact did really happen. So he runs to the museum, 
uh, to find out what's going on. And he's, they see, you know, they're tapering some sections off because uh, according to the security guard there, who still doesn't know his name, calls him Scott, um, the bathroom was demolished overnight and they're trying to figure it out. So, you know, Stephen's like, well, have you checked the security footage yet? And he's like, no, of course I didn't. All right, well, do you mind if I happen to check it out with you? You know, because we're buds and everything. I mean, you know my name and all that. So he's like, yeah, sure, come along, but you can't tell nobody. All right. Now, as they're going through the footage, you see, obviously, Steven there, um, you know, with the events of what happened in episode one, but you don't see the creature chasing him down. They fast forward. He's running in and out of the, the rooms. He's running into the bathroom. And we never, on camera, see what's chasing him. So, obviously, this leads us to believe that maybe this is something that only Steven can see, right? A very supernatural way, right? When you fast forward and you see Steven walking out of the bathroom, you could see the full Mark Spector persona taking over, right? Um, because he looks dead into the camera with, you know, this really angry face or determined looking face. And... You know, the guard's like, dude, that's you. You messed up the bathroom. You know, you're so going to be in trouble. And then Steven's like, nah, mate, trust me. That ain't me. Um, unfortunately, poor Steven got fired because of what happened. Uh, they had this little funny uh, back and forth with the HR guy, um, which I thought was uh, cute. But this episode definitely did have a lot more humor than the first episode did. A lot of that Marvel-like humor. So sometimes it was cute. Sometimes it was like, all right, all right, we get it. You know, um, you know, trying to be funny and all that stuff like that. But still, Oscar, the way he's portraying Steven and Mark, he's doing such a phenomenal job. You know, like, I don't hate any of the characters. In this particular episode, I do feel really bad for Steven because he's like really trying to figure things out and he doesn't know what's happening yet. Um, so after he gets canned, you know, he sits down and talks to his, uh, you know, living statue, gold statue buddy about what he should do. And he, he realizes like these things that he found in his um, in his apartment, in his in his where he lives. He should probably use that and trace back as to what's happening. And one of them is a key. And a key we find out is a key to a storage locker, right? So he f tracks down the storage locker um, and, you know, he is led to where the storage locker is. He goes in and it's like a military bunker. It, you know, you could see that there's a cotton there, there's some clothes hanging around and there's a duffel bag, right? And within the duffel bag, he finds a gun, bunch of money, and a passport. And this is where we get really the full reveal of Mark Spector's full name, right? Um, last In the last episode, we only heard the word Mark. Um, I was filling in the dots, you know, the, the, the blanks there, because obviously I know a little bit about the Moon Knight character. So, of course, Steven's, you know, panickingly, can't believe what's happening. Then he finally has a conversation again with Mark. Mark shows up in the reflection and all throughout this episode, again, they're doing a really interesting job of um, having the two personas present, but not always on film. And the way that they do that is by usage of reflections, right? If you watch the Edgar Wright movie last night in Soho, they did the very same exact thing with both characters where, you know, you see... Um, uh, the, the girl reliving the past life of somebody 
but watching as if it was Alice through the look, looking glass. And in a way, this is kind of a similar, you know, similar vein. And I, I do appreciate that. I kind of like the new uh, way, cinema, you know, the cinematography of it all and how they're like really going through it. So Mark is trying to calm him down, uh, calm himself down, I guess, sort of speak, right? And like, look, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here, but I can't have you ruin it because, you know, there's just lives at stake and all this stuff is going to happen. But of course, Stephen doesn't want to hear it because he's he's panicking. He's like, look, I don't want any part of this. You know, it's revealed that he is kind of like a, a mercenary. Well, he puts it all together and Stephen, you know, accuses himself of being a mercenary. And basically, no, I serve Conchu. Bless you, by the way. Um, and he's like, Khonshu? You mean the Egyptian god of the moon? And this is, again, revealing that he is an avatar. He is a servant of Khonshu. And what his duty is, is to do what Khonshu tells him to do, to protect, you know, certain things that are happening on Earth that could potentially affect and damage the ancient gods and all that stuff and the lore and everything like that. And, of course, Steven's not buying any of this stuff. And he's like, no way. You know what? I'm just going to grab all this stuff, go to the cops, turn myself in, and all that. And, you know, as he's trying to run out, we get to see Kanchu show up. Kanchu shows up and confronts him. And he's like, dude, you're not going anywhere. All right? Just put the bag back and, you know, have Mark take over the body. And that's what Kanchu keeps saying. Kanchu keeps telling Steve, just let Mark take over. You know, I don't want you here. You know, obviously you don't know what's going on. So, but of course, Steven's still, you know, panicking. So he runs out of the building, falls in the street, almost gets run over. And who is it? Layla. Layla, the name on the phone, the cell phone that he had a brief conversation with in the last episode, tracks him down by using, by tracking down the cell phone. And he hitches a ride with her. She's trying to figure out what's happening, right? Like, where, Mark, where have you been? Why do you have this funny accent? Stop it with the crazy act, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and of course, Steven's just like, I, you don't know what I'm going through. We need to talk it out. Bring, him, bring me back to my apartment and I'll reveal everything, right? So they go back to his apartment. And this is where she's now starting to realize that there could be something off. But she still thinks that Mark is putting on an act, right? So... Stephen is trying his damnest to explain everything to her, you know. She's impressed at or curious that he's learning about languages, Egyptian language and, you know, lore. And, you know, now his favorite po French poet it was her French poet or whatever the case is. But her main objective here was that she was wanting for him to serve divorce papers. So it sounds like Mark... And this Layla character had a falling out. They are married, uh, which was very surprising to Stephen. And Stephen, the way he was like, treating it was very cute. He was like, wow, I can't believe I'm married. But I, I would never divorce someone like you. You seem lovely and all that. Even though they just met like literally like 30 minutes ago. Um, and, and Mark, through the reflection of the mirrors, constantly saying like, look, stop telling her everything because I don't want her life to be in danger. And Stephen is trying to prove to her that, look, I have no idea what's going on. Look at this bag where the scarab is from the last episode. And Mark is like, don't show her the scarab because right away she's going to be a target. But Layla seems to be a tough cookie, right? So she's like, what the hell are you going to show me? 
pulls this thing out and you're like, oh my God, you have the scarab, the same thing that both you and I were, were hunting down and we were going on adventures and all that stuff like that. So again, it's another revelation that it sounds like Mark and Layla were going on adventures together to track certain things down and the scarab is one of them. Now, in the storage locker, when he came across the scarab, it was floating. And it turns out that it looks like it's a compass pointing at something, right? But we won't know what that would be until a little later on the episode. As all this is happening, gets a knock on the door. And, oops, it's the cops, right? So they're asking him all these questions. They said, you're a thief. And then they come across the bag. Look in the bag, see the passport. Oh, dude. Now, you said... You you're Steven, but you're Mark Spector. So who's the real guy? Are you, you are in possession of a fake passport now and you're a thief stealing from the museum. All right, we got to take you in. So as they're in the car, as they're driving in the car, you have one of the detectives there pulling up the files. And this is again, more revelation of what Mark Spector was up to. Apparently, he's like an international mercenary or, you know, he's wanted for heinous crimes, killing numerous people in Egypt. And there are pictures to prove it and all that stuff, like all the dead bodies. So Stephen is flabbergasted. He's like, I can't believe that this other person within me would carry out such heinous crimes. Right. And all that. And he's really disgusted. They pull over and it turns out that they weren't really taking him to the police and they're not actual cops. At least we don't think so or maybe they are, but they all seem to be working for Dr. Harrow, Ethan Hawke, right? Guy with the cane. So he's surprised and but Ethan, you can tell, is trying to somehow relate to Stephen, right? He's like, I, I could only imagine how tough it is for you. All those voices in your head, you know, like you, you know, and and you could tell Stephen is like kind of breaking down a little bit. He's like, I, I, he doesn't know what's going on. He's really confused. He's not happy. He's scared. All that stuff. And Ethan's like, I can help you, you know. And then he sees Conchu. Conchu is always present, like in the background, because he's monitoring what's happening with Stephen and Mark. And Conchu's like telling Steven, you know, kill him, you know, freaking stab him in the throat. And Ethan's like, oh, are you seeing him right now? What is he saying? Is he telling you to kill me? So it's kind of interesting that he kind of knows what Conchu is up to. Bless you. Um, and he's like, come, come with me. Let me show you around. So he shows him around that same community that we saw in the Alps, right? I believe it's the Alps at this point. And all of the followers are there, all of his followers. And, you know, they have a community, they do farming, they cook. Everyone is like entertained. You know, everyone's happy together. He seems to be treating them very nicely and vice versa and all that stuff. And, you know, he's like, you must be hungry here. Eat this. You're a vegetarian, right? So he knows a lot about this guy. And they sit down and you're talking about things and you know really trying to make him feel at home make steven understand what they're trying to accomplish there but the at the end of the day all he really cares about is the scarab and steven once again is like well i don't got it i'm sorry i don't have it 
And he's like, well, maybe you know someone who does. Does Mark know who has it? Let me talk to Mark right now. You know, and all this time, you know, you have Conchu talking to Stephen. You have Mark in a reflection of a bowl to- talking to Stephen. And Stephen's just like, I don't know what the hell is happening. And, you know, Harrow can see all the stuff going on. Like, he can see, like, Stephen is, is like, paying attention to multiple things. And you're having other inside conversations. It's like, what's Conchu trying to tell you now? That, you know... He's the one that's righteous and he's the one that, you know, is doing the better good and all that. And Stephen's like, wait a minute, how come you know almost verbatim what he's saying? We come to find out, again, more revelation, more backstory that Dr. Harrow here um, was a former avatar of Kanchu, right? Kanchu, so he's used of all the directives that Kanchu would give him and all that stuff like that uh, up until a certain point where he had to break away um, and you know Stephen is is understanding all this stuff and you know but he doesn't buy into the main purpose of what Ethan Hawke's character is trying to do because he even challenges him like wait wait a minute so you judge you're judging people and preparing for this big thing that's happening but you, in return you're also getting rid of people who are supposedly bad well what about kids you know what if kids have bad thoughts but they didn't really do anything you know you could still have time to change their minds and all that so what you're going to kill kids and he challenges all the community he's like what all of you are in the kid killing business like well you know that ain't cool so they're starting to form up on him. They really, really want the scarab, right? And then who shows up? Layla shows up. He's like, I got the scarab, yo. And he's like, well, you got to give it to me, right? Um, you know, he, oh, here's them, you know, eating dinner, you know, having that nice little conversation and everything. And Layla's like, look, you got to change into the suit right now. And Steve's like, suit? What the heck are you talking about? So they have this like back and forth and then they start running away. Now we also get to see um, that what type of power Harrow has. Uh, He has his cane and this is how he summons all those Egyptian dogs. So he has kind of like um, a doorway uh, or a way to conjure all of these Egyptian uh, supernatural beings. Now you have a dog chasing Steven and Layla down. They're trying to get away and all that stuff like that. Um, sorry, I'm moving ahead here. And the dog catches up with them eventually. But before that, Layla is begging Steven, please let Mark take over or Mark do something, come out. She still is grasping with the thought that there could possibly be two entities in this one body, right? Which is really, really interesting. Um, but he just, Stephen's just like, I can't do this. Like, this is just too much. And for that brief moment, Layla is like, all right, I get it. We'll, we'll figure something out. And you could see that she feels sorry for him, right? Dog bursts in the room. Stephen's, you know, freaking out. Layla doesn't see anything. So again, we're getting confirmation that only Stephen can see this. And more than likely, you know, Harrow can see it. So, again, you have conscious like, just change it to the suit, you dummy. You know, and, you know, doing all that stuff. Dog pushes him out the window. He's falling down. He's going to die. 
So Steven, in his brief panic moment, is just like, all right, all right, let's put on the suit. Bang. He lands superhero pose in this really sweet, tight-looking suit that's all white with the Moon Knight mask and everything like that. And he's looking really dapper, super dapper. But the fall didn't hurt him. And to Steven's surprise, he's like, yeah, that didn't, that wasn't going to go the way I thought it was going to go, right? Looks himself in the mirror, is astonished at how good looking he is. And is like, wow, this is pretty sweet. And Mark, in return, is talking to him like, yeah, this is not the suit I was expecting. So, it sounds like whatever this suit is, which is apparently part of the Moon Knight power, right? Part of the, the powers that are bestowed upon Khonshu. It formulates based off of maybe your personality or what you think. Because, of course, according to Steve, when you hear a suit, more than likely this is the type of suit he's thinking about. And this is what took place, right? He looks into his pockets because he's looking for the scarab and he whips out these, like, really sweet-looking gold um, uh, sticks, fighting sticks, right? He's like, oh, what are these? And he, he's, like, posing in the mirror. He's like, wow, I look pretty badass. Like, this is pretty sweet and all that. So... We're, we're now starting to get a little bit insight on Moon Knight's powers or what he might be capable of. But this demon dog comes down and is beating the crap out of him. However, Steve is not really getting hurt. The suit is actually protecting him. Then we also get to see that the suit is giving him extra strength because he's latching onto cars, he's bending bumpers, he's lifting heavy objects. So the suit is giving him some form of super strength. Um, which I guess is part of the Moon Knight power. You know, again, from what little I know, this is what he's capable of doing. Um, plus withstanding a lot of damage and all that stuff. You know, and then we proceed to some like funny moments where, you know, he's like, well, I need to take this thing down, right? And he's like, don't worry, look at me. Takes his jacket off, rolls up his sleeves, starts pretending he's like one of them old timey boxing guys, you know, put up your dukes, you know, and all that, you know, recalls a Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee and all that. And he actually lands a pretty decent punch to the dog. Wham! Which was really impressive, right? But at the same time, now they're surrounded by a lot of people in town and people are going to start getting hurt. And it's obvious and clear to Steven that he cannot fight. Despite that one awesome punch, he cannot fight. Sees Mark's reflection and Mark's like, dude, all of these people around you are going to die unless you let me take control. You let me take over. And Steven gives in. He's like, fine, just this one time go have at it boom you see the persona change and now the suit's changing and the suit is returning to that classic type of moon knight suit that we are used to at least those who are familiar with moon knights used to layla sees what's happening she is kind of trying to process it all and all that but basically she says you need to get him out of here so now he leads the dog through a chase around good old London town and all that. Running through the roofs and everything. And like I said, this is where I got a lot of the Darkman vibes, right? Because a lot of the actions, the jumps, the running. It looks like he has somewhat of faster speed as he's running. And then he can jump. He's very athletic and all that. 
finally leads him to a proper place where he could, you know, handle the dog. Uh, one of the his weaponry of choice for this particular suit is that the crescent moon that's on his chest turn, are blades that he can like whip out and kind of you know do whatever. If you've seen the trailer for the series, you've already seen him use it, right? So he gets rid of the dog finally, right? And much to Conchu's you know pleas, um, you know, happiness because he was like, you said that this dude was not gonna be a problem. And Mark is like, don't worry, I'll handle it. You know, let me take care of it. But now Stephen is on the other side. And this is the first time Stephen is experiencing how it is to be the reflection. How it is to be looking from the inside out, right? And Mark is is you know he's like trying to figure out what to do because they just realized that the scarab is not on him unfortunately the scarab was dropped in the original place where he started the fight with the dog some homeless guy picks it up you know ethan hawk you know saunders over and it's like i i i would love to give that to you but that belongs to me i can give you everything else food shelter whatever but I need this. But unfortunately, he didn't mean what he said because as soon as he gets it, he's like, I wish you could live long enough to see what we have in store for everyone. And sucks his soul out. And the poor guy dies. Walks away. Layla sees it all happening. She zooms out of there. Mark, realizing that the scarab is gone, he is just like, ah, I'm fucked up. Now what? Now he's having this conversation with Steven through the reflections. And Steven is really, like, freaked out. He's like, I don't like this. This feels weird. I can't move. I have no control over things. And Mark's like, I know. Just relax. You'll get used to it. And Steven's like, well, how long have you been doing this for? And Mark couldn't even answer. He's like, I've been doing this for as long as I can remember. Um... And Steven's like, well, give me my body back. I really need my body back. It's like, you can't have it back right now. You don't understand the things that we need to do. I am a servant of Kanchu. I have to do what I need to do. Kanchu shows up and reassures all the same sentiments. He's like, yeah, um, your body belongs to me, basically. He's like, you're not the owner of this body, either one of you our owners of this body you know we have a job to do and we need to do it and you're going to do it because you belong to me so it begs to differ or it begs the question is Kanchu really good or bad right he selects an avatar on earth to carry out specific duties to protect the innocent to protect those in need and uh, carry out whatever needs to be carried out but he threatens him too you know he kind of puts it upon him just like if you don't listen to me well maybe i'll choose another body you know someone near and dear to your heart and i'm sure she will have no problem helping out obviously he's speaking about layla so of course mark is like no 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 leave her out of this we'll i'll take care of it and don't worry about this steven dude he won't be a problem. Get a quick flash. Wake up. They're now in a room. 
and Stephen is still in the poor mirror, and you know he's he's looking very distraught. Mark is on the floor, enjoying himself a alcoholic beverage out of the bottle. Goes over to window, opens up, and where are we? It looks like we're in Cairo. Why? Because it was revealed that the scarab is indeed a compass, but and it points to Ahmet's tomb, and that's what they want to do. That's where he wants to go because he, in Harrow, claims to be serving Ahmet. So it sounds to me he is trying to bring Ahmet back to life and bring Ahmet into this particular plane of existence. And it looks like Mark, Khonshu, poor Stephen, Moon Knight is there to stop him and prevent that from happening. That's it. That could be what's the overall main objective there, but it looks like that's where we're leading to. And then the episode ends. So, you know, again, really interesting episode there. And, you know, even though we did get some action moments and, you know, we got some cool reveals, like the suit reveals I thought was pretty cool. Um, more interaction and screen time with the Moon Knight character, with Khonshu, to get a better understanding of Khonshu, um, and more interactions between Mark and Steven. Um, but like I said, it was a lot of backstory, a lot of, you know, filling in the gaps from episode one, a lot of setup, you know, understanding of the characters more. We got a, we got a little sense more about what Moon Knight is capable of. Um, but I think the overall questions here that a lot of people are still going to have is, well, really, what is the deal with Khonshu? And how does Khonshu really go about selecting certain things? And what's Khonshu's overall objective? And what's going to happen with Dr. Harrow and the Scarab? And when he does, if he does find Amit's tomb, what is, what is he really going to do there? Is he really going to start to resurrect Amit? Or... From what I'm gathering, because he has the ability to suck souls from humans, is he trying to possibly absorb Amit's powers into himself so he could be a living representative of Amit? My biggest question is, what happened when Dr. Harrow was the avatar for Khonshu? And why did that all really change, right? So, you know, did they have a break, a falling out, a disagreement? You know, was he sick and tired of things? Or did the body um, fail and Kanchu felt that it was no longer a proper avatar for him and he went off and did something else? And, of course, it would be, I think, the major overall question here is, who is Mark Spector and uh, Steven? Who's the real one? And we know who the real body is or the real persona is what else has been happening with the other person throughout this whole time because i'm pretty sure poor steven had to deal with a lot of his night terrors and his sleeping disorders and sleepwalking and all that so what else did mark do during this whole time um, when Kanshu has chosen that body to be the avatar, right? So those are some of my questions. I'm really curious to hear about what some of your questions are um, and just really what your overall thoughts of the episode is. Um, 
you know, were you okay with all the setup, all the backstory and all that? Does the does with episode two, does the series kind of make sense yet to you? Or do we still need another episode of clarity uh, to see what's happening? Or maybe four episodes, like we need two more episodes to find all that stuff out. So again, very, very curious and interested to hear what everyone of you think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still liking the show. I didn't like this episode as much as the last one. So I'm really curious to see how it's going to pick up in the third one. Um, but we will find out next week because that is the end of this episode for now. But again, appreciate you all uh, for watching and listening. Um, if you're if you're new and you enjoyed all this and you watched all the way through, definitely would appreciate uh, to get a, a like on it. You know, hit that like, smash it, punch it, uppercut it. You know, throw it out a window as long as it gets clicked on. Um, make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Don't forget to hit that notification bell to get notified for every time a new episode is uploaded onto the channel. And for audio listeners, thank you for listening as well. If you want an audio version of this episode, you can find it on your podcast platform of choice. Just look for the Loki Geek channel there on, and uh, you'll be able to find all the episodes available to download. So with that being said, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe. I'll see all of y'all next week. Peace for now. Thanks, guys. Bye.